is the Better Life, Better Work show, and I'm your host, Allison Crow. I'm an intuitive life and business coach here to help you create better life and better work. I help super successful people, you know, the recovering overachievers, put the soul back in their lives, and I help soulful people create success. On this show, topics range from the mystic to the logistic, and our content will support your being and your doing while on your path to create better life and better work. More is not better. Better is better. Hey, hey, soulful people. This is episode number 124. Hey, I am here today recording in a very unusual situation. We'll see how this goes. Um was going to record at my desk, but one of the sponsors of our show, one of my rescue dogs, Leroy Brown, is not feeling so hot. And uh, so I thought I would come cuddle with him on my bed and record from my bed cuddling my dog. We have an appointment at the vet later today. Uh, he's got something wrong with his shoulder and he's in a lot of pain. But we got to take care of him, right, Leroy? So if you hear some weird dog noises, he's cuddled up next to me. But you know what? We're going to get this podcast episode done anyways. You guys know real life. Hello? Um, And I want to get this done. I want to get it done on time for my team. And so Leroy and I are going to share with you. There's his little smacker lips. We are going to share with you some of the lessons I learned in 2020. And... We'll just hop right into it, right? Like I know a lot of people saying 2020 is the worst year. Frankly, I feel like I'm over the worst of it. Uh, You never know. The shit could hit the fan tomorrow. Yeah, it's a good boy. Settle down. He's having trouble laying down because his shoulder hurts. Um, But I spent about 50% of the year like just miserable in my own thinking. And I'm so glad I did. I know that is so weird. But you guys, I love... I love the process of growing. I don't love it while I'm growing. (laughs) I love it when I can look up and see what I've learned. And so these lessons have not necessarily come easily, but there's some good ones. I have seven lessons. So each one of these probably could be an entire podcast. So we'll just hit the high notes. How's that sound? So the number one... And I'm actually, this is the biggest lesson. This is huge lesson applicable to my life, to other people's life, to the way I see the world. I realized and remembered, we are, I think we're all taught like hierarchy of needs somewhere, but boy, did I see how certainty is a BFD in people's lives. So, but most of us are unaware of our unconscious need for certainty. And it was so obvious through the election and COVID when certainty is upheaved, perceived certainty is upheaved, that people go apeshit crazy, including myself. I went apeshit crazy a few times. And so it was fascinating to me. Um, I got to give a sh- shout out to my friend, Nikki Buckaloo. She gave me a book a long time ago called How to Say It to Seniors. And there's a she has her master's degree in gerontology. She works with seniors and moving down and downsizing. But what she also, because her master's is in gerontology, she actually studied the brains of seniors. And one of the big things that seniors all go through, 
that the rest of humanity may or may not at the same time is a, a loss of certainty, right? So they go through a lot of losses. They're getting older, losing function, losing family members, losing independence, et cetera. And then the psychology and the way they behave. And so I thought about that when I started seeing all this, um, just my behavior and other people, especially, listen, we know that I saw other people's behavior before I saw my own. I am not that wise. <laughs> I'm getting better at better and seeing my other behavior. And I'm definitely getting better at seeing that when other people's behavior gets under my skin, I've got something about my own to look at. But certainty and the psychology of how human beings behave subconsciously without being aware when their lizard brain is telling them things are uncertain and they're going to die. And so there's a lot of behaviors that we'll choose. We'll choose drama. We'll choose, we'll choose insanity. There's all kinds of strong things. I choose intelligence and superiority when I'm uncertain. I go to the books. I go to information, right? I have a girlfriend that chooses drama, like she frosts. Um, because it gives her a sense of power and control. And so when we feel like we're losing power and control, we have subconscious little crutches that we use to trick our brain thinking to thinking that there is certainty. That one was huge. <clears throat> Excuse me. The second one, <laughs> y'all may laugh at this one. I don't laugh. This is a big, this is a big deal for me. I am learning to cook. And it's more than learning to cook. So I actually have a little bit of food. I grew up with some food insecurity and some kitchen insecurity and what's in the refrigerator insecurity. And growing up, family we family meals were so rare, we called them family meals. And there were a lot of times when um, there, just, there just wasn't food in the house to eat. And yet I went to a rich kid private school. And so that was just really weird. Um, and so as an adult, I, I eat out a lot and um, I eat out a lot. And there's been times when I try to cook and then I just, oh, I have all this old stuff about it. And with COVID, um, we didn't, obviously we couldn't eat out a lot. We you know, didn't want to eat fast food that was available. And then we moved out here to, you know, 11 miles from civilization. And I really do live in civilization. I just live in a small town, 11 miles from resources. And my husband and I decided to try HelloFresh. And so HelloFresh, we have it delivered three times a week. There's actually a mindset lesson here. HelloFresh is delivered um, one day of the week. They deliver, th we chose the three meal plan. And so one of either myself or my husband will cook one of the meals. We kind of trade off about who's cooking, who's cooking. And it, it arrives with your meat. If you want meat, it arrives with all your fresh veggies and it arrives with pre-portioned spices and creams and chicken stock or whatever you need for your recipe and a recipe card. And the recipe card tells you everything you need from your own kitchen. It tells you what's in the bag and then it gives you step-by-step -step pictures and words. So they have recipe cards. 
I don't know how long it took me to realize, but I really started enjoying cooking. So number one, I was learning something new, which I kind of get off on. And yet I, until 48 years old, had not been able to conquer cooking. I My insecurity, both psychologically and mindset-wise, was just too much for me to get over. And I realized what it was about cooking with HelloFresh because I would also like, oh, I know how to cook these amazing, I don't even know what they're called, like teriyaki meatballs and rice. And, you know, I know how to cook all this now that I've followed the recipe and I could buy it for myself, but then I wouldn't cook it. Why wouldn't I cook it? And so I paid attention to that. I realized, y'all, cooking with HelloFresh, somebody else did the decision making for me. The mental look, it's not the skill of cooking that I was unable to deal with or unwilling to deal with. It was the mental load of having to think about all the little tiny pieces. And so HelloFresh, everything is pre-portioned. Everything is delivered. I don't have to worry if I have it or not. So I've been making some of these really complicated meals. Um, I've always wanted to learn how to make sauces and learning how to make sauces and soups and all kinds of things from scratch because the mental load is there for me. I show up, I empty the bag, I read the recipe, I read, I follow instructions. It's amazing. And so not only is cooking, but so that's number two and two A, although I don't have a B, two A is, oh, recipe card. So I call this soul medicine sometimes, but we're we're talking about this in soulful success. Recipe cards. What's my recipe card for overwhelm? If you decide ahead of time, you know, you think, oh, I struggle with comparison or I get overwhelmed or I procrastinate. What I want you to do and what my soulies and I are doing is creating our own custom recipe cards for our routine blocks, our routine things that take us off track. And so I'm going to talk a little bit more about habits down the way. But um, now here's the thing. I can give you some ideas what might be on your recipe card. And I like to use the example of a headache. If you have a headache, I can ask 10 people what they do when they get a headache. And I'm going to get maybe eight different answers. When I get a headache, I go get three Advil. I don't care what kind of headache it is. I go get three Advil. That's my recipe and a bunch of water. You might turn off the lights, drink some water, and sit in the dark. That's way too slow for me. But you have the right to do you. So when you are not in overwhelm or not in fear or not in scarcity or not in procrastination, then make a recipe card, put it somewhere so you can see it, and remember, oh, I actually have a recipe to solve this problem. Okay, that's number two and 2A. Number three. Oh, so see, here I was. I did have it in the right one. Habits. Okay. <laughs> so one of my recipe cards is habits. Favorite new saying, probably mentioned it here before, but James Clear has a version of it um, that if you truly care about the goal or the end result, you'll care about the process. Holy shit, y'all. I cannot believe I'm becoming the habits lady. Um, so first of all, reading James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, really helped me see that habits wasn't just this thing you do. It helped me understand the connection between habits and identity 
made all the difference in the world. So one of the reasons I used to have a hard time cooking is because I carried around an identity literally of, I don't do the kitchen. I don't do the kitchen. I don't do the kitchen. I had that belief and that identity for 47 years. And so I've been thinking about the person I want to be. Who do I want to be? And what habits does she have? And why does she have them? And so I also thought about, because I had some bad habits. Okay, so there's two things. One, what habits do I want to take on? And what habits do I need to eliminate? And so clearly I got pretty emotional and passionate and um, both externally and internally, my panties in a wad about the election, about COVID, about all these things. Always doing my work. You don't have to worry about me. I do my work. It's what I do. But I realized some of these things are not serving me. If I wasn't preoccupied with this, what would I be focusing on? What would I be using my time? And so I took Facebook off my phone. I still use Facebook. And sometimes I still use it on my phone. I just don't have the app. Um, which means I can't really spend a lot of time on my phone because it doesn't real, work real well on your phone if you don't have the app. Um, that means I had to be intentional about Facebook instead of just scrolling. And then I also really decided to cut the fuck back on the news. I, I, um, just decided to pull that back and I decided I was already walking every day, but I decided to increase my walking. I decided to read and write every day. So walking, reading, and writing. And that those habits, if they just became a way of life, I'm a walker, I'm a reader, I'm a writer. And when I do those three things, I have an amazing day every single day. And um, walking and reading are the two most pivotal ones. If I write, but I don't walk and read, eh, I mean, I'm proud that I wrote, but I don't necessarily have a good day. But if I walk and I read, I'm going to win the day. Totally. It doesn't matter what time I do it. I tend to walk in the mornings. I've enjoyed walking in the mornings and hunting for deer and creatures with my dogs. And I have gotten those miles up to where they actually make me sweat. But these habits... So so those are like my physical habits. But what I noticed is that they affect my mindset. I notice that they affect my nervous system. The other two habits aren't necessarily, they, these habits are the way I think. So the other thing I see in myself and other people, and I really see it in other people right now, um, <laughs> just laugh at myself, <laughs> um, is I see the habitual ways we think. And usually when I'm thinking in a way that makes me feel miserable, I've, I've been practicing this long enough that I can be curious. I can be compassionate, what needs to be felt, and I can uh, soothe myself and then nurture my thinking. And I can usually have a pretty good emotional recovery. And two habits that I took on this year were boredom and the ability to do hard things. I told my clients, one of my clients actually told me yesterday, it just made a huge difference. Um, at the end of last year, I took the word ease off my website. I used to love that word. Oh, ease in your business, ease in this, ease in that. I want ease. I want to feel it was on the top of my to-feel list. Always easy. I loved that word. And I realized, oh, what is needing things to be easeful costing me? 
And you guys, when I quit needing it to be easy, it got easy. When I was willing to be bored or uncomfortable or do hard things, life got so much easier. Business got so much easier. So that leads me to number four, that it is really, really, really crucial, pivotal for me and for you to cultivate mental habits um, to, you know, and I wish we could just reach over and flip the switch on and be thinking in a way that's more useful. And I see a lot of really useless thinking. I see, you know, having, having struggled with anxiety and depression myself, um, for me, anxiety or worry is just thinking my feelings. And so I notice when I'm in anxiety, I'm like, Oh, what do I need to feel? And then I ask myself better questions instead of why is this happening? What's wrong with them? It's usually what that's what I'm worrying about. What's wrong with them? I'm so focused on other people and other people's opinions or whether they're doing it right or wrong. I'm not even looking at what I can control my own life. And so this is very human. It's very normal. It's the way we're wired. And when I intentionally cultivate mental habits that are useful and ask better questions, when I take on and view the world as I am not a victim of the world, but I am a participant, responsible, and owner for my experience in the world, life gets so much better. That was a fun one. Okay, number five. This one was super fun and super lucrative. Uh, February, I had a conversation with my mastermind coach. I'm in a high-level mastermind. We'll talk about that in number six. I'm in a high-level mastermind with my coach, and we were talking about my sales plans for the year. At this time, Camp Starheart had not been postponed, and COVID had not been quite announced. I thought it might be coming, but it was certainly was not full-on aware here. And I said, yeah, I'm going to be offering this mastermind, and I'm going to sell it at Camp Starheart. And my coach was like, why wait? Okay. And I was like, ah, because, because I don't have a, I don't have a, um, I don't have a sales page. I don't have this. And she was like, well, do you know who you want? I said, yeah. She goes, do you know what you want? She said, yeah. She said, why don't you send a few texts or why don't you just call some people and invite them? And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, just give it a try. So I was like, all right what the F? Let's see. What do I got to lose? And so I, this was in January. Yeah, it was in January. Oh my goodness. It was in January, not even February. Because I know I asked um, somebody when I was in Mexico and it just felt so uncomfortable. I felt so awkward. So I wrote down about 20 names. Um, I asked a couple people in person and they just looked at me like I was crazy. And then I texted a handful of people and I put one little blurb. I said, hey, I don't have a sales page this, but I'm putting together a high-level mastermind. Here's the essence of it. If you're interested in it, message me. And I had two people that I didn't have their cell phones to number to message. And I hopped on calls with them. And I ultimately had five kick-ass achievement-level women join this mastermind in a week at a very high fee. No sales page just an invitation. And so I have written down for number five, sales can be simple. Really, anything we're doing can be simple. If we stop frothing, if we stop the drama in our heads and we slow down, what can we control? How simple can we let it be? 
and what actually needs to be done. And so that was a really fun month. I think somewhere in the history of Allison Crow Better Life, Better Work Show podcast is um, an episode about making $47,000 that I hadn't planned on making that actually became a massive cushion for COVID and helped me move and pay down debt and all these other things because I let it be simple. Was it easy? No, because I had to do hard things. I had to be willing to say uncomfortable. I had to be willing. Somebody looked at me and was like, why would I want to be in your mastermind? I was like, why wouldn't you be? And some people are like, "How? what did you do if you got that response? Well, she has the right to think that. Anyway, so that was fun. Sales can be simple. Number six, this one's fun. Um, high level help. I am becoming, May, over a year and a half ago, I said, I am becoming a woman who allows high level help. And so over the last two years, um, I did hire marketing help. I have a marketing team. Shout out to Stacy and Callie um, and to Elise, who is my producer. But um, those three, between podcast and marketing, those three kick ass. And then I also have um, an implementer and client concierge, like my, my right hand in my business. And I have a high-level coach. Actually, I have two high-level coaches. <laughs> Just hired a new one. Um, so I invested in a high level mastermind. There is a great episode and I'm sure my team will tag the episode where my coach talks to me about my attitude about high level help and being in a mastermind. I'd love for you to listen to it. First of all, cause Tara is awesome. Second of all, cause I'm a badass in it. Um, and I never put the responsibility on my, on Tara, my coach, to be awesome. But when I choose a high level of help, it's my own version of self accountability. So Tara doesn't hold me accountable. I don't give her that power. I hold me accountable by hiring Tara. I hold me accountable by being in the mastermind with these 12 other women. I hold myself accountable by getting this podcast done well enough time uh, for my team to do what they need to do with it. I am the decider. I am the able one who is able to respond um, and by getting high-level help. So as I was looking at my financial numbers, not only um, am, am I learning to do this, learning to receive it, learning to communicate when it shows up differently than I thought it would instead of just cutting bait and running, but sometimes learning how to have difficult conversations or telling Callie, hey, I wouldn't really use that word. Let's try this vibe or sharing things with different people on my team like, hey, this is not working for me. Can we readjust it? Like learning how to lead my team. And now having hired a professional book coach to help me through this process. So I've spent a lot more money in my business. But I was looking at my numbers thinking I, I would be like at or behind last year because I spent more money, invested more money in myself and in my business. My profit is up 36%. No, my profit is up 28%. And my income is up 36%. <laughs> 
it just makes me chuckle. That was as of the end of the third quarter. We'll see what um, the last quarter brings, but that that really is just more income to bring that and a standard amount of expenses. So we're probably somewhere around uh, 36% profit up over last year and um, 28%, no, 30, 36% income and 28% profit. And it's kind of funny. It's like, I think sometimes our brains say, oh, if I spend more, then I'll, I won't have as much money. And so it's not just in the spending, but it's the way I approach the spending and what I, by God, am going to learn out of it. Because I tell you what, I don't just spend money to spend money. I used to do that, but that Pottery Barn couch ended up probably costing me $20,000. Y'all know what I'm talking about back in the uh, early 2000s in your credit card pottery barn. Okay, so um, really deciding to double down on myself with high-level help. I took a few years off of expensive high-end coaching, but I decided not just to get a high-end coach, but I decided to hire talent on my team talent in my coach, and talent in my book, Writing and Publishing. So watch out, 2021, motherfuckers, I'm coming for you. Hey, and if you want high-level help, I am taking on clients. Uh, we will be having, Solis will be opening up on the 26th of December through the 11th of January. And I'm also taking names for Spark and Hustle, the high-level mastermind. We actually don't start that until April. But if you want to talk about whether or not that will be right for you in 2021 and you are an achievement business owner, you must be in achievement phase. This is not for growth or launch. If you don't know what those are, hold tight. One of the next two or three podcasts is slated for that. And number seven little sales there before we get to the end. Number seven. So this was fun. This was a question as I was coming out of election and COVID fog. I had a great session with my coach and we were talking just about whatever it is we talk about. And she asked me this question. She's asked me a couple questions this year. One of them was, well, not asked me, told me to own my credibility. That, That completely was amazing. And then the second one was, what do you want to be known for? And so we kind of flushed some things out just in casual conversation. And it helped me remember, I had forgotten, y'all forgot, I forgot for a little while that I was ambitious. (laughs) I forgot. And sometimes that happens. Sometimes we go through shit in life and we're just kind of barely getting by and we forget the things that are important. And I started thinking about ambition and my energy started coming back. And so if you've noticed in the podcast the last couple of weeks, my energy is way better. Why? Because I remembered who I really am and I'm spending time and energy and money profoundly engaged in things that are important to me. I'm also spending time and energy profoundly disengaged during rest and play. And so um, she asked that question, what do you want to be known for? And that is leading some big changes in the business, actually some medium-sized changes in the business. Y'all are the first to know. I have it. Actually, my coach knows and my team knows, but the public doesn't know that in January of 2021, we will be changing the name of the podcast to Authentic and Ambitious with Allison Crow. And so the reason a couple of weeks ago, I did an episode on authentic and ambitious. I saw that question posed, are you an authentic leader or an ambitious leader? Well, bite me. 
I am both. And so you know that I love and teach. I want to encourage us all to be women of range, to embrace the both and. And I love leadership. I love having a business. I mean, not every day. Some days I want to beat my head against the wall, but generally I am into it. And I also, you know, some of my earliest experience as a small business owner and in communities was my disappointment as a young woman about front of the house, back of the house. You know, I saw ambition and leadership from the stage and it looked so glossy. And behind the stage, it looked like humanity. It didn't look like shit. It just looked like humanity. And I had an experience early in my coaching career um, at the front of the stage where I admitted to a room full of coaches that I had struggled with depression. And I saw when I did it, my mentor looked at me like I had just taken off all my clothes on stage and mortified her. And after that, I had a line of 100 people wanting to talk to me. And these were all powerful, successful coaches. And they were like, me too, me too, me too, me too. And so a few days later, when I was uh, talking with this woman that ran our organization, I was like, I, I know I shared that, you know, just that little, this is before vulnerability was cool, you guys. I, sh- I shared that little bit of vulnerability from the stage and I was surprised at the impact. And apparently it really helped a lot of people to know they weren't alone. And she looked at me and she goes, I would never have shared that. And right then and there, so this is 18 years ago, 17 years ago, I was like, yeah, it's okay if you never would have, but this is the kind of leader I'm going to be. I'm going to be somebody that is human and is going to do the best that I know how to do, but I am not going to pretend that life is not hard sometimes. I'm going to figure out how life can be awesome. And even when it's hard, we can still be awesome. So authentic and ambitious is feeling really good. I've been creating a little content. I've been talking about it. I've been studying ambition. I've been reading about ambition. Um, I don't care whether the world thinks authenticity is an overused word. Uh, it's my, I'm going to use it for me. Um, I'm taking my words back. Um, I'm, t- I'm taking the things that matter to me back. So authentic and ambitious. Um, and that's who my people are. My people are definitely authentic, but I think sometimes we, especially as women, forget to give ourselves permission to be ambitious. And, um, I want us to get off the bench. I want us to to go get the fucking ball. I want us to go get the things we want. Uh, um, I still want to be soft and human and tender, but I am also strong and fierce and ambition and ambitious. So that fun question, what do you want to be known for? So I've told you what I want to be known for, and it has taken me 17 years. That's what's so fun is I've done all different kinds of coaching. I really do have some varied skills. I joke that like I can talk to your dead grandmother and do chakra healings, or I can do hardcore strategy and everything in between. And so I have a Mary Poppins bag of coaching and healing and strategy and facilitation modalities. And so how do you just pick one? Well, the essence of who I am as a woman, the essence of what I help my clients with is their authenticity and their ambition. And authenticity is technically described by Merriam-Webster as being true to one's personality, character, and spirit. 
And a lot of us have been conditioned to be afraid of showing up in our true personality, character, and spirit. And building a business that is aligned with your true character, personality, and spirit is absolutely delicious. So what do you want to be known for? You guys, those are you guys. You all, everybody, I'm working on not saying you guys. Most of you are ladies. Uh, My amazing, authentic, and ambitious audience listeners, thank you for listening. Those are my seven big, giant lessons from 2020 that I am taking into 2021. I want to encourage you, if any of this aligns with you, to number one, share it with somebody. Number two, if you are not already a solely, go to coachwithallison.com and get on the wait list and be prepared for the doors to open December 26th. That's what you need to ask for for Christmas for... Uh, not ask. You don't have to ask anybody for it. Go get the ball. Get in the fucking game. Go get the ball. Um, and come join us in Solis. The price is $333 a month for an amazing community and live personal coaching with me. It is not a course. It is a community. Every Monday, we have business calls, business coaching calls. And every Thursday, we have live coaching calls. You don't have to come to everything. But more and more, my clients are coming regularly to one or both. And they are coming knowing what they want to talk about. They are coming in their ambitious and authentic selves. And we are having really powerful calls. So for example, today in the live coaching session, um, a client messaged me and said, hey, I want to be in the hot seat tomorrow. I need an attitude adjustment. And I'm really triggered by the word accountability. And so we decided to make the whole call about triggers. We had an amazing conversation about different words that trigger people. Like we all have words, right? Like that, like when somebody says goals, you know, some people love it, some people hate it. The word accountability bugs some people, all kinds of stuff. And so today we had a really precious and powerful call about working with our triggers and what's really going on and how we're either stealing other people's power away or giving away our power. Super powerful and super um, actionable. Like people can actually implement something. And my client that was actually in the hot seat sent me a message. Let's see if I can grab it real quick. Um, she said, wow. Thank you so much for today. I have a whole new perspective. I'm going to sit down today and look at the process that I have and see if there are any that I want to modify. And if it's the first time I've ever wanted to do it, that doesn't make me sick. It doesn't make me squirm. I'm excited about it. So thank you. And this is a client who's been in her business for 30 years. And even after 30 years of mastering her business, she is one of the top producers in her field. She um, is a multi-million dollar listing agent. She does all of her business by referrals. She put away the fucking Talbot's clothes and she dresses like her full, wild, crazy Puerto Rican self. And every once in a while, she still gets people pleasy. And, um, you know, she's an independent contractor, but their team leader, like the way real estate works, is their their um, broker, you know, was trying to support and help everybody and sending out... Um, Sending out, I have permission to share this, by the way. I'm not telling your name, but I still have permission to share her story. She's been a longtime client. She was sending out like, oh, here's the goals and plans for the end of the year. And she just wanted to puke because she does it differently. And so you guys, we don't have to buy other people's 
ways of doing things. I always tell my clients the number one thing I'm here to help them remember. And if I were to die tomorrow, and what I want my Facebook feed to be full of is not just Allison changed my life, but Allison reminded me that I was powerful and I could trust myself, that nobody knows me better than me, and that I can trust myself. And I don't have to get all hot and bothered about the rest of the world either trusting me or not trusting me. So there's a little fun peek behind the scenes as we close out this call. And with that, I will see y'all next week. So if you want to um, become a Soli, of course you want to become a Soli. I get to be your coach. You get to be my client and you get to be in the room of amazing growth and achievement people. Um, Coachwithallison.com. Get ready kick off 2020. You get to even get in December. This is what's fun. Oh my God. If you join December 26th, you will get to be able to see the replay of the call we did today. Holy shit. I promise that one call alone will change your world. If you get in, in December, if you get in in January, you won't have access. But if you get in December and you watch that call and you don't get something out of it, I will refund your money because your wood is wet. Um, and if you think you might want to be in Spark and Hustle 2021, my uh, mastermind where we nurture very much like authentic and ambitious, we nurture both your inner spark, uh, your inner world, and we also nurture your hustle. And the way we hustle over at Allison Crow Coaching is like the roller skating song. All right. Peace out. I know I'm talking your ear off. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for being a listener. And I'm excited. Be looking out at the beginning of the year for the title to change to authentic and ambitious. As always, thanks for listening. Totally appreciate you thinking about somebody who might really love this episode and you sharing it with them. Also, I always appreciate your reviews. It's like podcast currency. It's like a tip in the jar saying thanks. And finally, if you want to share on social media, a screenshot or any insights you get from listening to this episode, I will totally respond. You can share with the hashtag Better Life, Better Work Show. This show is sponsored by my three rescued dogs, Leroy Brown, Clementine, and Rocky Potato. They're here to remind you to consider adoption when you get your next pet. More is not better. Better is better.